Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Point number one, we want to notice the glorious vision in verse one and two. Look at it again. Notice Jesus was transfigured in verse two. You see that word? If you're a note taker, write this down. We have the word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. It describes a change on the outside that comes from the inside. A change on the outside that comes from the inside, like a caterpillar that becomes a beautiful butterfly, a change on the outside that comes from the inside. Jesus is transfigured, metamorphosized, changed for the first time. He is, get this, he's pulling back the veil of his humanity and allowing his deity to come shining through. He's pulling back the veil of his humanity and allowing his deity to come shining through. Now listen close. We are clear. The Bible's clear. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. He was God in the flesh. And his flesh, his skin, veiled, hid his deity. His flesh hid his true deity. So just looking at Jesus, you would not look at Jesus and say, oh, he looks like God. His flesh hid his. It's almost like this shirt is hiding my chest or hiding my my clothes or hiding my body. So all you see is my clothes. When you looked at Jesus, you didn't see his deity. He looked like an average guy. Jesus didn't walk around with a halo on his head and and, and music playing in the background everywhere he went. Jesus traveled in surround sound. You know, you hear, oh, hallelujah. And he's just floating through the earth, you know. Oh, hallelujah. You You know, this is the image we have of Jesus. It's Jesus. And when people see Jesus, us, they were like, oh, it's Jesus. No. You know, the portraits that people have painted over the centuries, they've got a halo around his head and he's glowing and he's got perfect, flawless, clear, no acne skin. No. I think Jesus probably had a zit on his nose like everybody else. He was normal. He, he, he looked like man. His flesh veiled his deity. Don't you remember the Christmas song? Veiled in flesh, Godhead see. Hailed incarnate deity. 
veiled in flesh. So Jesus, when you, when you looked at him, you didn't see his deity because it was veiled in the likeness of sinful flesh. It wasn't sinful, but it was in the likeness of sinful flesh. And now for the first time here on the Mount of Transfiguration, stay with me, Jesus is pulling back that veil and allowing his divine nature to shine through. And he's allowing them to see his pre-incarnate glory that he had with the Father before he came to the earth. Remember John 17, write that down, look it up later. John 17, verse 5, Jesus said, And now, O Father, glorify me together with your Son, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. John chapter 1, verse 14, John writes again. This is the same John up on the mountain, mind you. And the word became flesh. And you, you got to understand this stuff. Look, you can go to seminary and pay 40 grand for this piece of information or listen now for free. All right. His flesh, the word, John 1.14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. It is very likely, very possible that John was referring to this mountaintop experience that he had. And then he writes about it. So the deity of Jesus starts shining through. His humanity is there to veil the flesh and then suddenly, or to veil his deity, and then suddenly his face glows and his garments glisten and he was completely engulfed in a blazing bright Shekinah glory. Now this was not reflected glory. This was radiated glory. Remember Moses, up on the mountain, he got the law. When he came down, his face was shining. He had to put a veil over it. Remember, that's reflected glory. In other words, he looks in, in the presence of God and he grabs a bit of the glory. And he comes down. People are like, oh, Mo Moses, man, I need my sunglasses. Look at you. You see, that's reflected glory. But radiated glory comes from within and then out. Now, you want to hear something? I was talking to Elvira about this last night. The Christian, we have reflected glory and radiated glory. What, Rodney? That's right. When the Bible says, when we see him face to face, we, we, are, we're, we have that, that reflected glory that we get to look at him as we study, as we pray, as we spend time with him. We get to look at him face to face and we get a reflected glory. But not only that, but because we have God in us, for now you are the temple of the living God. Well, not only do you have reflected glory, but you have radiated glory because God is within you. So this tells us something here. Whatever is on the inside of a person, we can learn something. Whatever is on the inside of a person will eventually come shining forth from that person. If good stuff is in you, then good stuff. You ever meet somebody and, 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 and you say, hey, how you doing? And fine. And you get to talking to them and you say, are you a Christian? How do you know that? Because 
of the radiated glory. You ever meet people, they just got a joy and a radiated glory that just comes from their person, from their eyes, from their spirit, just from them. It just radiates through them. And then you meet people, let's say, who don't have a radiated glory. (laughs) They have more like a repelling type glory. And you go, oh, man. You see, if good stuff's in you, good stuff's going to come out of you. If bad stuff's in you and evil stuff is in you, then evil and bad stuff is going to come out of you. All good stuff was in Jesus, light and life. And that's what comes out, the glorious vision. And then secondly, point number two. The glorious visitors. Look in your Bibles again in verse 3 and 4. While they were up on the mountain, did you notice who showed up? Moses and Elijah, they were talking to Jesus. Now, a parallel story, Luke chapter 9, read that in parallel, tells us that they were talking to Jesus. Get this, what they were talking about. Don't you love the word? It gives you these little things. What were they talking about? They were talking about his death. They're probably up there. Hey, Jesus, are you ready to go to the cross? Well, no, not really. But I mean, you know, I know I need to. I know it's the only way. So I have to. Yes, I'm going to do it. Really? And you, but Jesus, Elijah, Moses, hey, but look through the course of time. Don't you see? All the people are going to be able to be saved because you go to the cross. Jesus, that's right. Yeah, that's right. For the joy that's set before him, he endured the cross. They're in heaven. Luke chapter 9 tells us talking about the cross, talking about his death. And while Jesus was talking to, to, to Mo and to Elijah, the disciples, get this, they fall asleep. Does that not surprise you at least in the least bit? These guys notice, search the scriptures, they must have had narcolepsy. <laughs> I'm confident they did. They had a sleep disorder. You know, and, and honestly, you know, people come to church and they develop a sleep disorder. Have you know? Isn't it true? As soon as they sit down, about, I go, open up your Bible to Matthew chapter 17. <laughs> it's the truth. I, I've seen it week after week. Look, I'm seeing it right now. I mean, look at I me. Mean, you know, look at your neighbor. I mean, they're knocked out. I mean, it, it does happen. You know, people go to sleep. I remember one lady, she told me, got to tell you this. One lady, she told me, I think she thought she was giving me a compliment. But she said, you know, Pastor Rodney, oh, I just love your teaching, she said. And she said, you know, when I can't sleep at night, I just put in one of your CDs. I said, is that supposed to be a compliment? She said, oh, yeah, Pastor, I just love you. I just love you. I said, okay, thanks. You know, Lord has a way of just keeping you humble. You know what I mean? Just just nice little simple ways of just keeping you like, you know, you ain't all that in a bag of chips. You know, you still do put people to sleep, you know. (laughs) But these disciples, I'm telling you, every time Jesus was trying to have a spiritual moment with the disciples, they go to sleep. Remember, back in the garden again, Jesus is just hours away from the cross. He is in deep agony. He says to the disciples, he says, hey, guys, would you stay? Would you just stay with me? And would you mind if you just, you know, watch and pray and, and, and stay with me during this time? And so Jesus moves a few feet away. He starts praying. He's praying so hard. He, uh, hematidosis, I think they call it. Great drops of blood 
He's sweating so hard, praying so hard that great drops of blood just start flowing. He's praying. He peeks over at Peter, James, and John, and they are knocked out. (laughs) Jesus is like, can't you just pray with me one hour? I mean, he's praying. You know, it's like my, my wife, you know. I got to tell you, that does happen. I've told you before. I'm up here preaching my heart out. I'm preaching so hard, I'm sweating great drops of blood. I look back over at my wife for support and love and encouragement. And she back there. I'm like, and you know you really sleep when your mouth is open. Okay, now, you, now you're in REM state. <laughs> you you, you kind of, I mean, this is like, you know, I got to slap you cold water to wake you up type sleeping. I mean, this is not dozing. I'm, I'm looking back, I get in the car on the way home, and I'm like, honey, why are you sleeping during my sermon? I'm up there preaching my heart out, great drops of blood. I'm preaching about Jesus. I look back there for love and support in your eyes, and you're knocked out. You didn't hear a word I said. I don't know how she does it. I've told you before. She knows exactly what I said. And she quotes my whole sermon. I'm like, how do you do that? Just knocked out. The disciples sleeping. And Jesus is trying to have a spiritual moment with them. And they're sleeping. And so they finally wake up. The glorious visitors, Moses and Elijah, are there. Why? Well, simple as this. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. Remember in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus said, don't think that I've come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And so the law and the prophets point to Jesus. He is the fulfillment of them both, Moses and Elijah. Now, there's some interesting things that we can learn from these guys and know from these guys. Very interesting. Moses and Elijah, both of them, met God before on a mountaintop. Isn't that interesting? Remember Moses on the mountain getting the law, told the people they had to stay back, and, 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 because, and then there's lightning and there's thunder, and when Moses came down, we talked about it, his face was shining. They put a veil over his face because of the glory that was reflected up on the mountain. Elijah, remember 450 prophets and uh, prophets of Baal to one Elijah, the Bible says that to, to, to prove that God was greater than their false gods, Elijah calls down fire from heaven. He consumes the sacrifice. He kills the prophets of Baal. And then the Bible says he came down from the mountain. He went into a depression and he goes to the backside of the desert and he probably writes a blue song, a blue song. I'm the only one left. No one loves me but me. They turn You know, they've torn down all the altars, and it was at that time. Remember when God said, Elijah, what is your problem? I have got 7,000 more that have not bowed the knee to Baal. That happened on the mountain. And then we also learn from these guys, get this, these guys also prove to us that there is life after death. Did you notice Moses had been dead for 14 years, 1400 years? Elijah had been dead for 800 years. And guess who they still are? They still are Moses and Elijah. They're not different. They, they, they don't come back. They aren't reincarnated and come back as something else. Did you notice that? I'm always amazed when people talk about reincarnation and they talk about their past life and they're always 
you know, they were a king or a queen or a, a, a bullfighter or a race car driver or something in the past life. Have you ever noticed that? When people come, and maybe I just think of this stuff, but when people come back, they all, you know, they're always, they're always something grand and wonderful in the past life. They never say, you know, in the past life, you know, I was, I was homeless. Or in the past life, I was a cat. Or, you know, in the, in the past life, I worked for the government. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, if you work for the government, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. <laughs> but they never do. You know, the Bible doesn't teach reincarnation. You know, after all these years, it's a simple point, but true. After all these years, these guys are still Moses and Elijah. And did you notice? Uh, notice this here. Peter recognized them right away. Peter goes, oh, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three tabernacles, one for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for you, Jesus. Peter recognized them right away. He never met them before. There's no record of previous introductions. Jesus didn't say, you know, Mo, meet Peter, Peter, Mo. Peter, Elijah, Elijah, Mo. Oh, good to meet you, good to meet you, good to meet you. Thanks for coming, good to meet you. Thank you, you know, that, that didn't happen. They recognized each other right away. There was an instantaneous recognition. That tells us something about heaven. Listen, when you get to heaven, you're going to recognize each other immediately. I really believe that. Nobody's going to be wearing name tags in heaven. Did you know? People ask me, Pastor Rodney, am I going to know my mom and my dad, my, my brother who just passed away? Will I know him? Will I be able to identify him and recognize him? I believe absolutely. I can't explain how, but I think it's a biblical principle, a thing that's taught in the Bible. You know, with Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, he was asked, will we know each other in heaven? I love Spurgeon. He's a very blunt preacher. He said, do you think we'll be more stupid in heaven than we are here on earth? (laughs) No. Well, then we can also learn from this, these two guys. So much to learn, so much to tell you. I, I got to skip over some stuff. But, but we, we can also learn that these two men represent the two ways that believers go to heaven. Death and resurrection. Life and translation. Moses died and he went to heaven. Elijah was translated in a chariot of fire. The Bible says some of us believers, we're going to die and we're going to go to heaven. And then some of us are going to get snatched out, translated from here to there. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Metamorphosis. That's the word there in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. That's the rapture. Interesting. Two ways that believers go to heaven. And so these guys, they wake up and they are overwhelmed and they don't know what to say. And so Peter's philosophy is when you don't know what to say, say something. That's Peter's philosophy. Search the scriptures, see if these things are so. Peter said, this is great. Let's stay here. Let's live here. Luke chapter 9 tells us that Peter said this because he didn't know what else to say. Peter's something else. Somebody once said Peter had a foot-shaped mouth. 
His open mouth and cert foot, that was Peter. But Peter was awesome. You know, we're going to get recognized in heaven. He, Peter, you know what? When I get to heaven, I told you, when I get to heaven, all the disciples are probably going to know me and come beat me up. I, I just know it because <laughs> I talk about them all the time. But they're real guys, and that's what I actually love about them. And so Peter says, hey, let's stay here. And it could be that Peter is still saying, remember chapter 16, hey, let's not go to Jerusalem. Jesus, you don't have to die. Let's not suffer and die. This is the kingdom. This is awesome. Let's stay here. And sometime when you're on a mountaintop experience, isn't it true? You ever been to a men's retreat? You ever been to a women's retreat? Isn't it true on Sunday when it's time to go home? Don't you feel like, let's just stay here. I don't want to go home. Not that I don't want to be home, but I know the presence of God is here. And I've been experiencing the presence of God. Hey, let's stay here. I can understand Why Peter feels that way. Well, the last point in our outline, the glorious voice. You find that in verse 5 through 8. Notice that God the Father, notice this, he speaks from a cloud. And it's not a snow cloud. It's a glory cloud. It's the Shekinah glory of God. God's manifested presence in the cloud. The same cloud that led the children of Israel by day in the wilderness. It's the same cloud that came down on the tabernacle. The same cloud that came down on Mount Sinai when Moses received the law. It's the same cloud that received Jesus up into heaven. The same cloud that he will come again. And when he comes again, he's going to come in all of his glory. The same cloud, the Shekinah glory of God. And then God's voice boomed from the cloud and says, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Note this. Peter wants to build three tabernacles. And the father says, Pete, this is my son. Listen to him. And don't put him on par or on the same level with Elijah and Moses. No, he's greater than they are. Don't make him equal with them. You see, the law and the prophets were partial expressions of God's word. But Jesus, listen, is God's last and final word to mankind. People tell me they got a word from God. If it's not in this book and it didn't come from the mouth of Jesus, you didn't get that word from God. Because God's final word, his final and last word to mankind is through his son. Where do you get that from, Rodney? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in the past to the fathers by the prophets, Note this, has in these last days spoken to us by who, saints? His son. You see that? So when God speaks, he speaks in Jesus Christ. And the question isn't whether God is speaking. The bigger question is, are people listening? Are you listening? Or are you sleeping? When God's trying to have a spiritual moment. And let me tell you something. This transfiguration, this moment in closing, Peter and John... They never forgot it. They never. How could you? They never did. As a matter of fact, they wrote about it in Second Peter, chapter one, verse 16. For we did not, Peter writes, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses notice of his majesty for he received from God. 
the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard his voice, Peter said, which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter never forgot this. And then Revelation, John never forgot it. Revelation chapter 1, verse 16. And in his right hand, he held seven stars. And out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun shining in his strength. Yea, I can't wait. John is talking about the coming of the Lord. When he comes again, he'll be glowing just like he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Suffering to glory. Suffering to glory. Are you suffering now? Then you shall receive glory. Be patient and wait. Persevere. Be strong. Keep your eyes on Jesus and you'll, you'll, you'll receive glory. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.